A uh, good morning to everybody, and um, welcome to the weekly message Q and A from InsideCasitas.org. Thank you for being a member, and thank you for participating, and for supporting, and for uh, learning. And please also share, teach, disseminate the teachings that we're trying to provide here at InsideCasitas.org. Here's the question of this week. How do I choose a mashpia? To choose a mashpia requires a variety of different uh, requirements, each of which is difficult to meet. The combination of all is a virtual impossibility. Your mashpia is not your teacher. The Rebbe has the Sikh of Shoftim, where he separates a shayit from a yoyitz. A teacher gives you information. The mashpia personalizes the information. That's his role. The job of mashpia is to take the truth of Torah and bring it to you on your level, in your place, and in your time that you're on at the moment. But there's two parts to that statement, right? One part is he has to bring it to you on your level, on your station as you are at that moment. And the other part of that, of course, is that he has to bring Torah to you. Like the classic expression from the Rebbe, based on the Chazal, You bring the person close to the Torah rather than You can't compromise Torah. And those two building blocks are the foundation of how you choose a Mashpia. Mashpia is supposed to make Yiddishkeit personal. I'm supposed to make Hasidus Speak to me in my time, in my place, under my conditions. To use a cliche, it's supposed to make Hasidus modern and relevant. And Torah, modern and relevant. But Torah, modern and relevant. Which means you cannot choose a person who's going to be talked into compromise. That's not what you have a mashpia for. Mashpia is supposed to help us be better Yidin, better Hasidim, better servants of HaKadosh Baruch better servants of the Rebbe. And their role consists of these two uh, insights to personalize it, but at the same time to hold on to the principle. Personalizing it, of course, means appreciating everybody's limitations and helping people figure out what is realistic for them to do at this point, how far they should push themselves, what is considered pushing themselves too far, and establishing these limiters and these parameters is very critical. In other words, Amashpia is about Yiddishkeit. Amashpia is not a psychiatrist or a social worker or someone who's trying to make us feel good, although they do all of those things. Amashpia's role is to help us be good Jews, to make Yiddishkeit and Torah and Hasidis and Torah Shvi and the coming of Mashiach modern and speak to me. And in order to do that, he has to understand us, he has to know where we are. But he also has to know that he needs to bring us closer to HaKadosh Baruch And when I'm choosing a mashpia, when I'm selecting a mashpia, that very effort at selecting a mashpia means that I, the chooser, understands both of these principles. I'm not choosing a mashpia to give me a tatum. I'm not choosing a mashpia to make my life easier. I'm choosing a mashpia to help me grow. But to grow in a healthy way and in a constructive way and in a happy way and in an actionable way. But help me grow in the Yonam of Teda and Pnimiyas HaTeda and Din and Lefnimiyas din and so forth and so on. Those are some of the components of choosing a Mashpia. So as a practical matter, 
um, when you're choosing a mashpia, you need to choose somebody who's going to be kind to you, but you also need to choose somebody who's going to be honest with you, and you need to choose somebody whose honesty you can take, and you can take it from them in a constructive way. Realistically, to make a friend a mashpia, unless that friend is very extraordinary, is a bad idea, because friends tend to be compromising. By the same token, I could say to a great extent, it's probably not a good idea to take a family member as a mashpia, especially a close family member, because family members also tend to be compromising or alternatively too critical. You have to choose a mashpia who's old enough not to be tested by the same, same things you're tested by so that they can find the objectivity and the principle necessary to help you go in a good direction. You also don't want to get a mashpia who's too old and doesn't understand you. And of course, one of the hardest things about finding a mashpia <coughs> is to find a mashpia who has time. It's the most critical component of it. You need to have a mashpia who has the time to talk to you and to fabreng with you and to engage with you. And these are very, very difficult uh, things to put together. But uh, as difficult as they are, they're also uh, critical to life itself. And of course, lastly, I would like to add, in addition to all the things that I just mentioned, that it's very correct that you should have a mashpia of your own gender. A man should choose a man as a mashpia and a woman or a girl should choose a woman as a mashpia. Um, otherwise, it's difficult. So your mashpia has to understand you, your mashpia has to be kind, your mashpia has to be sensitive. But you and the mashpia must both understand that the nature of this relationship is about toir and avoida, not heter and kula. And Hashem should give us the bracha of having asay l'charav. Hashem should give us the additional bracha that we should value ourselves enough to know that we have to, quote, bother our mashpia and not feel like we're wasting his time. Because this is mamish pekuach nefashis. A man once told me that he doesn't want to bother his mashpia because he doesn't want to waste his time. So I asked him if he has a medical problem, does he not go to the doctor because he doesn't want to waste the doctor's time? And you you must have a mashpia, you must bother your mashpia, and you must take advice from mashpia. You must let the mashpia help you grow. We should do it by And this is one of the heroes of the Rebbe that the Rebbe called a bakosha nafshis. And the Bakosha Atmis. So seeing it through will certainly give the Rebbe much nachas and hasten the coming of this Galas of Mashiach Sitchenu.